feeling good. Ooh. Happy Sunday, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Happy in. Sunday. Welcome to the Gentleman's Agreement podcast. Official first episode. Pretty excited. We've got some uh, awesome go. people here with us. Host of the podcast. Name is Justin. You guys want to go around and uh, introduce yourselves quickly? I'm Alex. <clears throat> I'm Gibby. I'm Devin. What's up, guys? What's up? Uh, Gentlemen's Agreement. Going to be a, a podcast of shenanigans. A bunch of guys just talking about anything from music to video games to sports to whatever it comes up throughout the week. We're just here chatting, getting a chance to uh, express ourselves from the guy's point of view and uh, see what happens. So um, how's the week been for you guys? I know uh, my week was pretty garbage, but you guys already know that. Got COVID. <laughs> Felt horrible. Never <laughs> felt worse in my life. Uh, tried to work through it. It was probably not the smartest idea, but uh, here we are. We made it. We're on the up and up. We got over the on hill. the other side. How was, uh, how was your guys' week? You survived. I did. Barely. Didn't feel like it. <laughs> um, I mean, last week was an intense week. Uh, a lot happened in a lot of different markets. And um, I mean, Rivian for starters. It's where I work. Uh, I think the Mel. I don't know if you're cool with me letting them know yeah, that you work there fine. too, but well, he's cool now. Um, it's out there now, so yeah. yeah. Sorry, dude, you didn't have a choice. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys know what happened in the news. That was kind of interesting. So I'm looking forward to kind of diving into that a little bit. Um, but yeah, should be a should be a fantastic week this week because can only go up from where we're at. You know, nice. Yeah, yeah man. Stressful, Alex, stressful week. Yeah, yeah. Stressful, stressful work week. Uh, but ended on a high note, so I'm uh, really looking forward to this. Uh, Let's go. You know, so it'll be great. Highlight of the week coming up. Yeah, it's with you guys. Hell yeah. Same on my um, end. Busy work week. Crazy things happening. But happy to be on the weekend. Love to hear it. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, we all kick off the uh, the new work week nice and great. Sunday, July 31st, first podcast. Um, I know most of us at least got a chance to watch the, the race live. We uh, are very big into Formula One, especially from a uh, fantasy perspective. I know at least I'm pretty competitive. Some of us have not even checked our teams in probably three months. Yep. I'm not going to name don't names. Don't judge me on that, gonna... guys. Listen, okay. We Dude, are I look every week. Okay, I look every week. Races. I just make the wrong choices. It's about the most commitment I can make is watching the races. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, I think we go a lot heavier than most people, right? I Personally, from my own perspective, I watch the practice sessions. I watch... Mm-hmm qualifying on saturday if there's a sprint mm-hmm. race i watch the sprint race i watch the full race i'm watching random interviews because it's just i'm passionate about it i love it i love motorsports i feel like drive to survive got me sucked in to the emotional connection mm-hmm. to all of these racers and now i'm just like it's part of my life every week so here i am watching races at four o'clock in the morning on sundays uh, <laughs> but uh, today we had the hungaro ring hungry uh grand prix race and uh, wasn't too crazy when it came to any crashes or red flags, but it which was is a pretty surprising. Race. I thought we were going to get some some wet driving this there today. Just didn't feel, come. As we end, went I through the race, was spin. Mm-hmm. I feel like watching through the race and seeing some of the engineer screens, the rain just like somehow missed the track. Yeah, everything else around the track got destroyed. So uh, that was yeah. cool that we didn't have to experience that. But we got. Max Verstappen, Red Bull, hitting uh, hitting first place. Somehow went from tenth with some weird driver issues throughout the weekend, yes, and sir. he charged through, and he put himself in in first by the end of the race. Even after spinning like out, see, yeah. You know, the th- oh, sorry, go ahead. So even after spinning out, that three sixty was pretty intense for Max. I don't. I'm going to talk about that in a second. I don't know how you, <laughs> how you spin and still find your way in the front, but. Finally, very excited. I'm sure Alex is going to love to talk about the two Mercedes Let's getting go. Uh, second and third. Very welcome to see the two Silver Arrows back on the podium. And then Carlos Sainz, Perez, Leclerc. I'm sure we're going to want to probably talk about Ferrari for a second. Norris in a car that's not doing great for him, but finding himself in seventh. Uh, the two Alpines, eighth, ninth. And then Vettel finishing us uh, off with the points in tenth. What was your experience with the race? I know some of us watched it live. Some of us watched some uh, highlights after. Talk me through what you guys were going through. Man, 
that race was amazing towards the end, especially. <laughs> it was yeah, so it was. good. Oh, such good racing. The Merc boys came in clutch at the end to snag those podiums. I was so stoked to see them up there. Ferrari strategy is just uh, continues to be a pile of pizza poop. That <laughs> continues That's putting it nicely. Every, every <laughs> they like cannot figure out a pit stop to save their life. I, have I feel no like their pit stops are getting longer. Four point seven seconds in the beginning of the race for Carlos Sainz. Terrible, dude. Absolutely awful. Dude. Garbage. Yep, and uh, I thought Danny Rick had some good driving, except for that uh, popping dude uh, in that Lance corner. Stroll. Yeah. yeah, but he deserves it, so I wasn't mad about it. It was just like a little questionable driving, I think, from Danny Rick. On See, that it's crazy to mm-hmm. me, though, because I feel like Daniel Ricciardo had a great race and then somehow still ended up in 15th place. I know. Like, every time I'm watching, I find him, like, charging through the pack a little bit. And, like, never qualified for the great overtakes. spot. Yeah. Makes great overtakes, find himself like pushing through the pack, and then the, the race finishes and he's like bottom five. Is he really pushing through the pack when the best driver that he's competing with right now is Kevin Magnuson? K Mag's pretty great though. I mean, let's yeah. not knock that. For right? that for that area player. for that area of the field. That's he's a great where driver. McLaren is though in terms of performance. Yeah. Right? Like that's where exactly. it stacks up. That's what I mean though. Like that's where he's competing. So like of course, he looks fantastic. He's never going to get in the top five. It's just not happening. Listen, it's Dan not Rick happening. has been in the top five before. So not in that. Very... It's not happening in that car. No, no, it's no, not no. Maybe in another car or another season. In that car. Yeah, sure. so be, being sure. the resident, like, newbie to F1 here, yeah, I mean, I how much of it thoughts. is, yeah, how much of it is the car versus the driver? I mean, like. <laughs> it's a great question. George Russell is a prime example. Yeah, I mean, it. the driver is a lot of it, I will say, because, like, it, the whole goal of Formula One is to push your uh, vehicle that you're in to its breaking limit to where it shouldn't be able to maintain grip around corners and shouldn't be able to handle the speeds that it does. Uh, that's, like, the driver's goal. And then the main Is that what happened to Verstappen, or was that just uh, was that just a fluke? I mean, I don't want to even hear. So I'll let you know. Alex really does not like Red Bull, so from a very different perspective. Let's use a different example because I don't need to start a fight here. Uh, Let's let's talk about George Russell for a minute because he's a prime example from like last season, right? Good old Georgie boy. Georgie boy was is known as Mister Saturday because he was able to qualify really, really well on the Saturday quality sessions when he was in Williams uh, in a Williams vehicle. And the Williams is not a fast or competitive vehicle by any stretch of the imagination. It was just like hot doo doo. And so the fact that George was able to continually make Q2 uh, appearances within that Williams vehicle was like what got him the Mercedes seat in the first place, right? And so the what you see in the beginning of this season with Mercedes is like George Russell performing, outperforming Lewis Hamilton, a seven-time world champion. And my personal opinion on that is that George has a lot of experience driving a really shitty car and pushing that shitty car to its absolute limit and potential, which Lewis Hamilton has done, but he hasn't probably had to do since he was with McLaren in 2012 right something like that Mm -hmm. and so since then he's been in a high performing mercedes that has like dominated from a performance perspective until this season and so that's i think why you see that gap and now why lewis is finally wrangling that vehicle on top of them making the necessary performance levels it's like that type of stuff that makes formula one so exciting to me it's like looking at those two differences yeah it's kind of interesting though because i think george one is an incredible driver and I feel like in the first half of the year, they didn't have to experiment with his car as much. I felt like he was just a little bit more comfortable with the with the setup, and they didn't have to they didn't have to change too much. Where Lewis, every time he got in the car, things weren't right. He's got a very specific way that he wants to drive. He's very heavy on the brakes, late into the corners, and things were just not hooking up for him. He didn't have the right uh, traction connection coming out of the apex, and he just really struggled to find the car that worked for him and they kept trying and trying and trying and nothing was working. And they finally found a spot where things were just Mm -hmm. clicking. So his skill now we're seeing is kind of surpassing Russell, especially today, I think is a great example, right? Russell started out in pole, had quite a bit of battles with Leclerc and some of the Ferraris. 
knew that his car wasn't te- technically the fastest on the on the track, but I feel like Hamilton's experience and his driving ability came to flourishion at the end of that race, right? They were both mm-hmm. on soft tires. Obviously, Hamilton's were a little bit newer, but he found a way. He just he looked faster driving that car at mm-hmm. the end of the race, and I think yep. that is experience. They're at a point where I feel like the cars are both doing the same thing performance-wise, but now we're going to start to see the difference in experience and driving level. So mm-hmm. my personal so two cents. So they're putting soft tires on for cornering, grip, getting around, you know, for that kind of stuff. And then, because I, I, I heard watching the, the highlights and everything, the but but is that in cornering and, and that, like in straightaways or for speed? What about, so why would somebody put on harder tires? They last like, longer. For, okay, durability. Better grip. Yeah. Grip. Yeah, yeah so the, the main thing is longevity, right? Like you don't want mm-hmm. a pit stop as, as, as often okay. as you, right? You want and to that's, limit how many pit stops you do. That's mm-hmm. where like when you heard Demel talk about Ferrari's poo-poo caca strategy, um, <laughs> if you could even call it a strategy, um, they just yeah, I think suck. it's just reacting at this point. Yeah, that's it's literally just, all they're doing. They're just like, oh, shit, we got to do a bbd <laughs> And then there they're you so <laughs> bad. They're so bad. Um, but – Basically, what you're running into with that is like strategy should should be like one stop or two stop strategies. So you're going to the pit stop X amount of times and you have to plan for those things. So teams will incorporate different styles of tires to last different lengths of time based on what strategy they're going for on whatever circuit they're racing on that day. Yeah, so that's, where you, that's like a big decision maker for the like stiffness of the tire. Three different strategy. compounds that they that they run. There's a hard, a medium, and a soft tire. Hard tire is usually going to run a little bit slower, like two to three tenths slower than the medium. Same thing, medium, two to three tenths slower than the soft. But they give you just a little bit more out of the tire wear, so you don't have to stop as much. So okay. in a lot of situations, you'll see somebody start on a bit of a faster tire that's not going to last as long, and then switch to either the medium or the harder tire to get them through the rest of the race so they don't have to come into the pit. Because a pit usually, usually, on average, is around like <laughs> 20-plus second time frame. Not so Ferrari. if you don't have to stop an extra 20 seconds and you can put on <laughs> those hard tires but eat that point two throughout the race and go longer, you have some different opportunities. So that's where some strategy comes in. Ferrari have just really – they haven't figured it out. They've tried things. It, it, to, to Alex's point, it feels like they're just reacting at this point. Somebody mm-hmm. comes in for a pit. Somebody changes a new tire. They think they might get rain X, and they're like, ah, we got to do something. Bring them in. Whatever happened today, I don't know. They had data to show that the hard tire wasn't working with Magnuson. I think either Aqua but it's also, or Alonso also went It's on not just tire. today. It's every week. <laughs> yeah, well, that's they, their they, they're not making a strategy every week. They, all they're doing yeah. is reacting to like, race every week. <clears throat> I don't know what happened today either, but it's no. every week. I so don't know what happened. Like, Leclerc's out front, and then he just isn't anymore. So, I mean, the nice thing is that they've got about a month to figure it out before they have to race again while on summer break. So that gives them three weeks to really kind of think through, watch back some of the races, and try to strategize for the last nine. <clears throat> the issue that they've run into is that Max is now essentially three free races ahead in the standings, and he can DNF three races straight, and he's still in the lead in the championships. So they've got to figure something out. They've got to get both mm-hmm. those cars on the podiums for the rest of these races. I feel like they've just sabotaged their season, but they've got to find a way to turn it around. The even bigger story, in my opinion, is that Mercedes now is not too far beyond both the constructors points as well as the individual driver series. So what felt like we had a Charles and Max world championship head to head and Ferrari and Red Bull going head to head. It doesn't feel like that anymore. Now it feels like we have an individual race between George and Mm -hmm. Lewis and Sainz and Leclerc and Red Bull competing against Mercedes and Red, sorry, uh, Ferrari competing against Mercedes and Red Bull just kind of doing their own thing, which I did not expect two weeks ago, but Ferrari have somehow figured out a way how to mess it up. And now they're almost competing for second and third. And man, Mercedes just has all the steam right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great, dude. Uh, how really, many points per podium? Uh, uh, win. So it's win. 25 for yeah. first. So I'll break it down. 25 for first, 18 for second, 
15 for third. So podium points, you get quite a bit. And then it goes down by two after that. So 12, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2. And then the last place that you can score points in a race is 10th place. Okay. Um, you get one point. You also get an additional point for scoring the fastest lap. So if you drove fastest around the track that day, you get an extra point, which sometimes can be very beneficial by the end of the year. Last year, great example, right? Tied, which is not a very common situation, but tied coming into the last race of the season. We're not going to get into it. Alex is going to break some stuff if we even talk about that race. Please <laughs> points. Today was traumatic. Ask. It was triggering for me. Okay. car on the last lap with Hamilton following versus Tappet. I was like, you got to be getting Well, I tried no. not to get into it, but you brought it up. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry. Again, sorry. those single points do matter over a, a period of time. So, again, strategy, right? If you know that you might not win the race, but you've got an additional 20 second buffer throughout you can maybe make a last minute pit stop with the last few laps warm those softer tires up and go out and get that fastest lap for that extra point so some strategy that's why comes hamilton in. walked away with 19 yep yeah the fastest exactly. okay. yep. so he scored but, second place 18 plus that point one an important that, distinction though is you have to finish within the points in order to get that point for fastest lap so if you get fastest lap and your p11 or lower you don't get a point but also, again, that could be strategy, right? So if you're a top team and something happened in your race and now you're out of the points, so you're not going to score points, but you also don't want them to get that extra point, you can swap out, get your extra tires on. You're not really going to lose points, right? Because you're not getting points anyways. You can try to steal that fastest lap from one of the top drivers. It's a lot of fun. I love it. I'm passionate about it. It's a fun sport. Again, I think... Uh, We've got three weeks of I don't know what I'm going to do on the weekend. But uh, when we come back in Belgium, we've got another nine races to kind of finish out the year. So, um, Devin, I know that you, uh, you're you not, like, deep into it now, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts over uh, the next few weeks as we get through mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. I think uh, – and I think from, like, a, a listener perspective, it might be good to have that. You know, somebody like myself, like, growing into it as, uh, as we progress through this uh, mm-hmm. uh, through our time together here. So – that, you know, might, might add some interesting perspective and absolutely some, some great takes. So it's one of the fastest growing sports yeah. right now, especially in the U S it was already big in Europe, um, in Asia, but drive to survive. Thanks. Netflix, massive, uh, following a ton of people got a chance to kind of understand what it is that we've been watching year over year. Mm-hmm. And now we have a ton of new fans, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. That'll Both be my next. homework between, between now Ooh, and next. Up. Make yeah. sure to watch that. It's a great show. Here's the thing. Even if you don't like racing, even if you're not like super into motorsports, it's just good drama. You get to see these billionaires competing at the highest level, and it mm-hmm. is some shenanigans. It's shady. There's people kind of fighting on the back end, and then mm-hmm. all of it comes to the actual racing piece of it. Uh, but it's so much more than that. So, Yeah, man. Drive to Survive is what got me into F1. I always thought about these kinds of things as like, why would you pay that much money to watch people drive really fast in circles? And then I watched Drive to Survive. Uh, Bobo actually got me into it. Um, I don't think I would have started watching it. And that made it so much more entertaining because you get into it, you know the drivers now in like a little bit more personal level. It's a great show. Highly, highly recommend yeah, just like a... any other sport, right? Soccer, football, baseball. Like you get attached to a team, you get attached to some drivers. Sometimes they kind of they trade, they switch up. People go to different constructors, and it, it just gives you something to look towards in the race outside of just the racing itself. I'm excited. More doing I went to. Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I my dad's always been into it, and we actually went to Indianapolis. I got to watch the Indianapolis. 500, 500? You know? nice. so, yeah so i've had uh and it was it was very interesting very crazy atmosphere to see see some of these you know race cars live it's it's wild um but yeah it'll be i'm excited i'm excited it's the race that i've never been to but i've watched just about every year and it is it is exciting again tons of motorsports fans regardless of what they're fitting NASCAR, F1, it doesn't matter. Like just everybody kind of gets in there and is in that environment. But then you realize that those cars are driving 500 miles and they're doing 200 miles on average, 200 miles per hour on average around that track at all times. So crazy. It's good. good Wild. Um, Anybody, anything else that anybody want to chat about the uh, Hungarian race today? 
before we uh, move uh, just on? that yeah just that uh the the spin out you know yeah dude that 360 out. let's talk <laughs> about verstappen yeah. go for it can we also talk about verstappen starting in p10 sure okay if i don't i didn't see who got driver of the day but if it wasn't him i don't then nobody's right anymore no, just nobody's right cuz they nine positions that's a lot. It's a big deal. And to spin out 360 and still have, what was it, like an eight and a half second lead after the spin? I also didn't, I didn't see who won driver of the day, so I'm not sure. Um, I can make the argument for Verstappen. I can make the argument for Hamilton. I can make the argument for Russell. I think that he was kind of put in some weird positions throughout the day. But honestly, Hamilton, if anything, I think 10th going to first is incredible. Max had the strategy behind him. He had the car behind him. He made the moves that he needed to do. He had some adversity throughout the day, but he found a way to win. Hamilton was in a position where first half of the race, I didn't think he was even going to get into the podium positions, let alone find himself in second place. So you got to give props to, again, experience, professional driving, and just their ability to figure it out in circumstances where they probably shouldn't be in those spots. Um, So uh, did anybody find who won driver of the day? I don't actually know. Yeah, it was Max. I just looked it up. Yeah. Maxi boy. That's what we like to see. Yes, sir. It's crazy. It's interesting, though, honestly, because how like how are you in a position where you can spin on track, lose a ton of time, burn up your some of your tire, which means that you're not going to drive as fast, retake the lead, and then hold that while you have people behind you trying different strategies burning through the field and somehow holding a, a 10 plus set. I, the one thing I will state is if there was another lap or two, I don't think he would have won that race. Uh, Hamilton was on an absolute mastermind mm-hmm. race. If, at the you, end. if you didn't watch the gap at the end, the interval from Hamilton from like through the last two laps, it dropped ten and a half from to 10 eight. seconds uh-huh. to like two to three seconds at the end of the race. In like 40 seconds. It was great. If he had two uh-huh. more laps, he would have overtaken Max for sure. Yes. And the rare Mercedes compliment from Gibby. I mean, that's kind of it's why I'm more saying, impressive. I think Hamilton kind of deserves driver of the day, knowing Here's that the it's thing. also a shittier car than what. Here's the thing: this is that's that's not where I'm going with this. Max's win is more with. impressive <laughs> because he was defending against Lewis Hamilton and George Russell behind him. Normally, well, it's really dancing Red Bulls that you have to be see, afraid but that's of. Not really, that's not really a compliment. <laughs> I mean, look at the pace of the Red Bull this entire season. Compared it to is a compliment. I'm mean, saying kind of. it's more impressive for Max to defend against. Probably the greatest F1 driver of all time. There. Are you happy? That's a compliment. Y- yes, yes. That's like a diehard Lewis <laughs> Hamilton It's a backhanded compliment. He's got the most points. It is. He's got the most Super max, dude. <laughs> See, I look at it as like. Happens. People get passionate <laughs> and then they start yelling at yeah, each other. For anyway, sorry. We can move on. Can we try these energy drinks? I'm, I'm, I want to try them. Yeah, I'm more than happy yeah. to do that. Um, well, I didn't, so yeah, I didn't get the zone. We'll move on to another segment of the show. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Try some stuff out. <laughs> um, we're going to try out a, a product review. So we tried to all get the same drink, but apparently some of us, per the race this morning and other obligations, couldn't track down certain drinks. I know two of us did. Um, I've got Zoa, which is an energy drink from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I've got three different flavors. I'm going to be trying white peach today, actually. And it's supposed to be a healthier alternative to energy, clean energy. It's supposed to make you feel a little bit better. I know, Alex, you couldn't find it today. Do you want to give us a little shout out of what uh, what you found? Yeah, I found this stuff called goat fuel. And I, I, it, it's got a little goat on it, which is cool. Uh, what caught my eyes is it's got shrooms in it. It sounds like, all hey. right. Whatever kind of mushroom. It's just like a mushroom energy. It says it's got zero sugar, electrolytes, essential vitamins, Mm. and cordyceps with a little mushroom logo on it. I don't know what cordyceps is. I will stay. I have a a drink that I tried. It's an alternative to coffee because for whatever reason, coffee really messes with me. I get super jittery. I can't focus. So I tried a mushroom powder alternative and it was pretty good. I wasn't mad about it. It's not coffee by any means so anybody listening it's not an actual coffee alternative but it did help out in the mornings 
Is that uh, that mud water stuff? Sorry, I was looking at cordyceps. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've right, definitely had like the mud water stuff into coffee before. Um, I'm also doing Zoa, FYI, for everybody, but I'm doing the wild orange because that's all I could find. Yeah. Oh, and this is tropical berry. I also love the color. It's like Mountain Dew. <clears throat> all right. That's the goat. Yeah. That's the goat milk right there. This is the goat, <laughs> goat milk. <laughs> the, the goat fuel. Yeah. The goat milk here. Cheers. Goat milk Mountain Dew. What a drink. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear about this. One. I already took a sip, so Gibby, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what you think of Zoa. What flavors did each of you guys go with? His. Um, mine is wild orange. Wild orange. Okay. I'm tropical um, berry. White peach. <sighs> Got to go with the peach. I think that I think that I would like to try the white peach. Um, this reminds me of what is it? I think it's a it's like emergency. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the the vitamin C drink that you put in water. It gives me that vibe. It's not bad. I enjoy it, but I want to try the white peach. It's I, got the. Uh, the it's yeah. all about health stuff, you know. So that kind of goes right mm-hmm. along with, uh, you know. The yeah. Of it all. It's I don't hate it. From green tea, unroasted coffee beans. So it's supposed to be similar energy levels, but a cleaner version of that. Yeah. Because um, I know. Okay, so you're huge into Red Bull. Uh, oh, you probably yeah. drink way more than you should. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Comparison to Red Bull when it comes to, like, flavor profile, overall, like, strength of carbonation. What are what are your thoughts about the drink itself? Um, so, <laughs> I have actually switched from the sugar Red Bull to the sugar-free Red Bull. I'm trying to lose, lose a little bit more weight. Um, I think that this just needs a little bit more fizz. Is really all that it's missing. Uh, the flavor's there. I don't mind. I like emergency. Like, if I'm feeling like it's something's coming on, I'll just start drinking that. I don't mind the flavor of it. It's not bad. Um, it just isn't – it wasn't as carbonated as I was expecting. And Red Bull, like, in the most jacked-up way possible, I like the way it burns when it goes down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like to feel that. It gives me that little extra kick, you know? You feel it going down. This is almost like drinking water. Interesting. That's the exact opposite of what I'm looking for in a drink. I don't like carbonation, so the less fizzy it is, I feel like I can taste it a little bit better. But I do mm-hmm. understand what you mean, right? Like if, if I drink a Red Bull, it like punches you in the back of the throat, mm-hmm. and it's like a wake up call, like straight out of the gate. Yep. If you've ever gone like a little while without having a carbonated drink, mm-hmm. and then the first one you get, it's just like, bam, dude. Oh, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like too much sometimes. Yeah. It's like overpowering. <laughs> I get that with Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, like, that's just, it's too much. I don't know what it is about Mountain Dew, but it it hurts. Like, it physically hurts me when I drink any Mountain Dew. I get that <laughs> when I drink Dr. Pepper, which I also know that, Gibby, you have a very close relationship with. Dr. Pepper, I need a sponsorship. Sprite, for whatever reason, Sprite hits so hard unexpectedly like it, I, you look at it and it's it's so underwhelming and then you drink it and for whatever reason it is so yeah. with carbonation yeah. it's so crazy <laughs> those videos that came out with that sprite challenge a few months ago hilarious, hilarious. absolutely hysterical Have you oh, guys man. Seen the oh, what was this i missed it it was all over instagram um uh, there was this like challenge of sprite yeah. in like a minute and you weren't allowed to burp no, oh, didn't go well. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of puke. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to know about the uh, the goat milk, the goat fuel. What's uh, yeah. initial thoughts? Flavor. Yeah. What you got for me? Uh, this might be my favorite tasting and most refreshing energy drink I've wow. ever had. Wow! Wow! It is like unexpected. Not yeah. super sweet. But it's like berry flavored with like a hint of coconut. It's not too carbonated, but it's got some carbonation. Is it more like juice? Yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of a. It's kind of like a carbonate, slightly carbonated, like flavored water profile, but like a little sweeter than like a vitamin water or something like that. Mm. But not as sweet as like an energy drink. But do you taste any mushroom at all? Like no, no mushroom flavor? Mm. No te- a texture, anything like that? Mm-mm. I know some Mm-mm. of those uh, 
we're talking about like the mud waters and those sorts of things like creamy to some extent there's like a yeah. little bit of like this is like straight clear it's just like huh. a yeah clear beverage Interesting. yeah but friggin' delicious and it's only like 10 calories in this thing goat fuel all right what's so the uh, caffeine content content of all all the different drinks y'all Oh, I don't even know what to find it. 120 milligrams of natural caffeine. Thanks, okay. The Rock. Thanks, Dwayne Johnson. Thanks for the natural uh, caffeine. Zero sugar. No juice. <laughs> I saw there was a pre-workout one, though, too. C4? Of no, of the I think there's uh, an energy Zoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a pre-workout. Mm-hmm. I don't see any caffeine on this. Uh, Zoa Plus is what it's called. I haven't tried that yet, but they do have different flavors like pineapple, passion fruit, which are very high up on my list of things that I enjoy. Bro, you said pineapple? Passion fruit. I like, dude, anything passion fruit. Okay, so passion fruit, peach. Uh, oh, I forgot that you had another drink. Bust this yeah. one out. What do you have? What is that one? Yeah, so I actually was drinking this when we were talking F1. Um, so this is the Rockstar Unplugged, and it's made with hemp seed which I thought was super interesting. Um, but it's passion fruit flavored. And uh, honestly, I don't like Rockstar. Like, it's kind of bitter to me. Like, it's just not very good. Um, but this was delightful. It's not anywhere near Red Bull. Like, I don't think I would seek this out in the future. Right. But I, I did enjoy drinking it. Um, just, there's something about the name Rockstar that I just... I, I don't know if it was me drinking them in high school. Monster and Rockstar just feel like the energy drink that is just going to ruin my day if I even pull it off the shelf. So that's what I, that's kind of how I feel about it too. But there's like nothing too bad. The only thing that's really crazy about this one is that it's got 55 milligrams of sodium, but it's zero sugar. Hmm, that's what um, thought, yeah. Yeah. It's just really, it's got a like high sodium content and high niacin content. So, would be good before the gym, but it wasn't the, uh, bad. The goat fuel has 45 milligrams of sodium, and I found is 200 milligrams caffeine. Ooh, that's a lot of caffeine. Ooh, hello. That's a good thing to kill a headache. Mm-hmm. I don't see yeah, sodium on here. Sodium. Oh, God. <laughs> 140 oh. milligrams of sodium on the ZOA. Yo, on the ZOA? <laughs> yeah. The big can... The big can is 200. Ooh. I'm going to say the goat fuel wins today's uh, because it's my favorite tasting beverage and also has the most caffeine with the least amount of sodium of all the ones we've drank. I'm going to say this wins today. Mr. The Rock, what are you yeah, doing? Take the sodium out. Zero sugar. Yeah. How would you take some salt out too there, bud? Seriously, well, that's like immediately unhealthy. Diet, you know? You think, you know, if you don't have enough salt in your food or whatever, you're eating really clean, you know, you got to get it somewhere, right? I mean, you know, I feel like if you're getting you your salt 200? from energy drink, you're probably, you've probably got other things that you need to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your I, uh, only salt I am, uh, I don't drink I mean, I guess drinks. it's not that bad. Um, I notice, you know, so I'll have to go off of your guys' opinions. I, get the, I know you're a, you're a pretty clean eater. Like you don't really go out to eat either. So like fast food restaurants are kind of off because we took a we took a road trip and there were only two restaurants that were on the list that we were allowed to go to: Chick Fil A and In and Out Burger. Those what is your what is your reasoning? What's your rationale behind it? Oh man, um, I just uh, it's odd. Got a little bit of uh, you know got a little bit of anxiety disorder. So. Um, I mean, it, it kind of all stems from that, but, uh, I know that what I know what I'm getting from Chick-fil-A and what I'm getting from in and out, like they're clean restaurants, the food's good. It's always consistent. And, uh, and so it's just, you know, it's what I go with. I like, so it's it. like a, you almost like the healthier, cleaner version. You just want to know where your food is coming from. Exactly. So Chipotle, where's Chipotle on the list? So I just had yesterday for the first time in five years Chipotle. So it's funny that you bring that up because I have been got a little visitor. Um, I have been craving oh. Chipotle. I had you know we had one right by my high school, so I used to go there every day. You know, every day after high school, my senior year when we got you know I got early release. So, um, but I went for the first time and it was phenomenal. I was like 
so pleased. Um, and it was that I was just miss, missing that taste. So I think that might be added to the, you know, hmm. might uh, be in the rotation. It's your you third, know? third option. Be, yeah. That, so I, I got to be honest. Chipotle always sounds so good. And then I eat it and it destroys my stomach. And I'm like, why, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Why did I get, oh, yeah. why did yep. I get a bowl? I even Every try time. to do like the healthy, yep. like just the veggies and the beans yep. and the guac and some of the salsa. And then yep. like two hours later, I find myself like regretting every decision I made that day. Mm-hmm. But man, does it sound good every time before I get there. Yep. Literally every time. <laughs> and it always hurts. It's like always painful. But then it's never just though. easy. I'll eat like the entire Taco Bell or Del Taco menu and I will feel totally fine. So no, I can't, that'll do it to me too. (laughs) Well, I know, you know, there's always the, there was still the, uh, the typical after Chipotle kind (laughs) of aftermath that comes of it, which, but man, I, after not having it and I kid you not, it's been over five years since I'd have it. I've had it. So. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's wild. But wow. uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, but I, well, I know what you're saying. I uh, I know we also wanted to uh, briefly because t- I'm I'm curious. This came up in our random conversations throughout the week. We want to do a segment called "Did You Know?" And Alex has a story for us. This is one of my oh, favorite movies yeah. from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's a car that I've been very interested in. And I just just some things that I wish were a little bit different, especially first of all, I love electric cars, but the new electric Mini Cooper would be so amazing if they could just find a way to get more power and more range out of the car. It looks it's incredible. not hard either. Okay, <laughs> so it so, is. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, and I actually this is awesome. This is going to think tackle two different topics that I wanted to touch on, which is I'm also looking for a, a secondary electric car that I need to buy. And the mini electric is slowly creeping its way up the standings for like next up only because you can pick them up like a 2021 for 29 grand, dude. Mm, That's actually cheap as hell. And it's got fast charging and it gets 120 miles of range. So like it could get me from San Diego to Huntington easily. And then I could zip zap and then come home. And besides Mm -hmm. that, it's home charging and no big deal. Yeah. It, do all electric cars use the same charging? Like, could one of the, you know, what what's it called, the superchargers or fast chargers that you know Tesla has? Will those? Can you just plug yeah. in plug that in your Mini Cooper and get the so, same results? Or so you uh, soon you will be able to. Tesla is the only electric car maker that uses a plug that's different than every other electric car. So anything that isn't a Tesla like has, of, uh... yeah, kind of mm-hmm. like the Apple Lightning, okay. right? So like exactly. all other electric cars use a USB C type whatever type plug, but they're using the Lightning version for okay, EVs. Okay. Uh, but Tesla just recently uh, accepted government funding. And the, announced with the White House that they're going to convert those superchargers over to the standard called CCS that all other electric cars use. So you will be able to use a supercharger with any electric car. Mm-hmm. Which is sweet. Those things are awesome. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, there, I'm super excited about that. There is already like multiple quick charging networks in the States. Honestly, I think there's more Electrify America stations in the United States than superchargers. I think so, too. And they're great. They have, like, 350 Mm K-Dub. They're fast. They're awesome. I love them. I use them all the time. Yeah, they're solid. So, anyway, recent article I came across the other day uh, was about this movie, The Italian Job. Uh, (laughs) came out in 2003. I love the movie. We all know it, right? Uh, uh, Everybody's seen it? I take if it that away. movie comes on, you know that was the that's one of the movies that if it's on, if it comes on, I'm watching it. You know, just Same. throw it on the it's, background. I'm watching it. You know, such a good movie, right? Yeah. Well, the scene where they're driving the Mini Coopers through the subway tunnels in L.A. You know the scene I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? I just came out recently from a producer that worked in that movie that those Mini Coopers were electric. No. What? Yes. No. Get way. this. Get this. The city of Los Angeles would not allow them to drive mini cooters <laughs> through the yes. t- subway tunnels due to the emissions and fumes. So the producers had it commissioned three custom electric mini coopers 
which, by the way, was six years before Mini Cooper even started the Mini Electric Beta program before BMW launched their very first electric car for sale, which was the i3. So we're talking like a decade plus prior to BMW Mini's wow. first electric car. Bring them road. back. <laughs> Bring them back. How sick is that, right? I would love to drive that exact vehicle. The John Works yes, Cooper sir. body so, style, old school, fully yeah. electric, get like 200 miles of range. I will literally go buy that car right so now. So that's what I'm saying is the the current Mini Cooper, the only thing you don't get is the 200 miles of range. It is exactly the same. And that's why it doesn't get the range that we want is because it uses the exact same chassis, exact same frame. Mm-hmm. It's just heavy. It is, yeah, it, it, it's also small, right? And when you're small, you don't have a lot of space for that battery pack, right? And so that's why you only get 120 miles of range. But also, it's a freaking mini. Like, it's a real mini. It's not like a big mini. It's not a clubman or a countryman or whatever. It's a mini. So here's the thing, though. Okay, because I'm curious. Because you said it was, like, going up the list. So obviously, you've mm-hmm. got things above that. I do. I'm just going to list out some random cars that I know are kind of hot off the press right now when it comes to electric vehicles. You've got... Yep. The the Hyundai um, Ionic, you've got the Kia uh, EV6, you've got the Chevy Bolt. So, like, where where do some of those cars stack? Obviously, you can always go Tesla Model Three, but I have a feeling we want to stay away from that one. You've got these cars in like that thirty five to forty thousand dollar price range that get more range. I feel like you get a little bit more out of the interior of the car. Like, what what are your what are the things that you're looking for, and why are you making the decision you're making? Yeah, so the Mini, I, I don't think is like, is maybe the bottom of the top five list, probably. I think it's like number five right now. Um, Chevy Bolt is up there for sure, mm-hmm. uh, mostly from a value perspective, because you can get those for 25, 30 grand with 240 miles of range. Uh, they, I think they look stupid, but it's a hatchback, which I love. <laughs> and what are the parameters just... you're, you've set, like like price range parameters, things like that? So I'm trying to stay uh, 40K or below, ideally. I would ideally like 200 miles of range. It has to have fast charging, has to have a decent audio system uh, for sure, and CarPlay would be ideal. Those are kind so of if you've never driven in the car with Alex, he likes to listen to music unbelievably loud, like too loud probably for our age, but that's okay. Likes to drive ridiculously fast, yep. safely, debatable, but uh, I can understand why those are like must-haves in your car. Mm-hmm. So is this going to be a second vehicle, or is this just like an second? Dish? Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to okay. have I'm going to keep the Rivian, and then this will be like a more daily driver vehicle that's smaller that I don't care about piling miles on. Type of situation. So I have to ask because I'm curious because I know three out of four of us have at least driven electric cars. Devin, have you gotten a chance to drive an electric vehicle or been in one before? Been in, have not driven. What okay. electric car were you in? I was in a Tesla. Nice. They go fast and zoom. It's a pretty zoom good one. Florida, pretty good one to drive. <laughs> yeah, I didn't drive it. I was a passenger, but yeah, yeah, it got you know, it felt a little bit different, right? <laughs> riding in something like that, you know, I, I, I think, right? I would imagine it's got like a lower, more central center of gravity. Mm-hmm. So it just like it was a it was interesting driving it, you know, not having driven it and feeling it for myself. You can only get so much of a perspective, I'd say. But sure. being a pastor in it, it was it was cool. I like that. So I know you currently drive a truck, and I also love trucks. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself finding a situation where you would revert back to a car or a minivan, or is it just gonna? Does your life require a truck moving forward? I think having one, yes, is important uh, for for me my, my lifestyle. Um, but as far as like a daily driver um definitely looking to uh get something a little more eco-friendly and efficient <laughs> ultimately um my my big thing uh and and again novice in the in this industry i know all you guys are much more uh, involved um <laughs> in in the industry from one, one one way or another but my my big thing ultimately was like I can, I can stop and get gas, like, you know, within a, within a five mile radius, I'm going to, there's going to be a couple gas stations generally. So like with electric charging, you've got to be like, luckily my work has it or, and I'm sure I could get one for the house and, and all that. But as, you know, 
the until the network of charging stations and all that becomes you know similar to gas stations where you could just stop and do it that's been my biggest drawback to the electric fuel market so as opposed to will, something like a hybrid so uh i'm sorry that we're in a, a group together here because like <laughs> your mind is just gonna be shifted so fast my bro yeah i tell you so <laughs> you got uh, three electric car nets <laughs> yeah, yeah so so the way to think about electric cars uh how much range does your truck have if you like get in your truck right now like walk outside and start it how much range do you have in that truck right now? Uh, I could go around to 400, 400 miles. 400, okay. Is your is nice. tank full right now? Is it full right now? It's about, yeah, yeah 75. I just filled it up. Cost Wait, is it 75% or full? Just under full. Just under full. Okay. Uh, from so, Costco to home. about. Okay. You know. So you just filled up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with my car, I know that I have 270 miles of range right now when I walk outside cause I haven't driven yet today and it's fully charged and I will also have that range tomorrow morning and the morning after and the morning after and the morning, every single morning I will have that range in the morning mm-hmm. without having to ever stop anywhere. And that's maybe a hundred miles less than your range. How often do you have to fill up every day? How often do I like more? It's more like, like a, once, a, once week. a week. Yeah. Once a week type of thing. Cool. So once a week, you're filling 400 miles a week divided out. You're probably driving like 70 miles a day ish, 80 miles a day. Give yeah, or take. close to that. Yep. You would never stop ever. So you would literally save yourself stopping anywhere forever for a day or daily driving tasks. So really, the only issue is like your road trips, your long distance driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the network, which I would actually... use the truck for probably anyways, because of the room. Got with it. The got family it. Got and everything. Got it. Justin, did you pull up the map yet? I haven't, but no, I was actually, I was going to play devil's advocate for a bit because... Oh, okay, cool. I, so here's the thing. I One, just straight out of the gate, I love electric vehicles, super into sustainable energies, totally understand like the infrastructure. However, there are some people where it really actually doesn't work, right? True. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you live in an apartment complex and you don't have electric charging where you could just go plug in every single night. Or doesn't work. maybe your home setup doesn't have the available electricity to upgrade and have the right type of power for you to plug in. And maybe you can only plug into a 110 and you have a bit of a commute every single day. To the point that he brought up earlier, right? Like, we know that there's infrastructure out there, but it does require some planning. It does require you to actually go to certain places. You can't just be on the road yeah, and just in the middle out. of the night and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm driving to Vegas and where I stop, who cares? There's going to be a gas station at some point within a mile and a half here. You don't have to plan for that. You just look at the side of the road. You look at the gas station that's coming up in a mile. You get off the street and you go stop wherever you want. You can't really just do that in an electric vehicle. It does require some like thought and planning. The car does it for you a lot of the times, but it's not as simple as just getting off the freeway at that random gas station that's out in the middle of who knows where Wyoming and going to grab some beef jerky and plug in and and filling up some gas. So it realistically, like as much as I would love everybody to drive an electric car, it's really not feasible for every single person currently until every house is able to get the right charging infrastructure. Every road that you drive on in the country has charging available to it because let's be honest right if we just flip the switch and everybody got rid of their gas cars and everybody now drives an electric car if you want to go take a road trip you're not just you're going to be sitting in a line waiting for someone to plug their car in for 20 minutes and you've got 15 20 people ahead of you because now nobody's in gas and everybody's on electric so Mm -hmm. i can play devil's advocate from both sides but i i'm just i'm curious your guys thoughts should everybody drive an electric vehicle just so, because? Boo-boo, real quick, I actually have a new, uh, another did you know segment based on an argument you just had. Okay. You, you made a really good point that not everyone can install the charging infrastructure they need at home because a lot of people don't have like the clearance on their electrical panel to handle that. Siemens just came out with a product this week that plugs directly into the meter itself of the panel and is a smart control meter that provides a 240 volt outlet for electric vehicle charging even if you don't have the clearance necessary based on monitoring your actual electricity usage overnight so when your usage dips below your panel's limits it diverts most of your home's power to charging your car and and then limits it back when you start using the power in the home in the morning again Hmm. pretty sick it's very interesting (sighs) 
I also, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of vehicle you're driving, right? Like, if you're in a Rivian R1T, 110 is really not a viable solution long-term for you to be charging. It's just too slow uh, for you to have, like, your daily charging truly filled every day. You get a 240-volt installed, or you have the wall charger that that you can buy from Rivian. Totally... Totally, totally feasible. Same thing with Tesla. Same thing, honestly, with most electric vehicle manufacturers. 110 is just a very slow charge. I actually refer to it in most cases as life support. Just keeps the vehicle on. (laughs) Um, But it, it just depends on the person, truthfully. Like, the only time in my personal experience where it's really not made sense for somebody is when they're trying to use it for, like, towing constantly like they're gonna use it as a work truck and like hot shot it and they're like oh yeah we're gonna be hot shotting non-stop and i'm like are you where do your runs like and they're like oh we're going phoenix to la or we're going phoenix to colorado i'm like you're gonna be stopping a lot you do have a big range hit when you're towing especially if it's more than like if you're at that eleven thousand pound capacity you're getting you're 50 percent yeah right there you're just cutting it in half but I also know that there's other companies like Nikola that are making electric trucks that can do that and they do work for long hauls. Um, so it's just a matter of perspective. I think that most people in the electric vehicle industry are like me in a sense of like, we don't really care what vehicle you get as long as there's some sustainability behind it. We just are trying to make the transition happen as quickly as possible, but it's not going to happen overnight. So but as it as it fits your use case, then mm-hmm. it makes it eventually the things will line up. Right. And so for you, totally. if if you love a truck body style and you do the occasional road trip here and there to Southern California or whatever, then you could drive an F-150 Lightning and you would have zero problems ever. And if you mm-hmm. don't tow a lot. Right. Dude, that would be an amazing option for you. That would absolutely right out of your life. Yeah. Again, another thing that I'll bring up, you could, in theory, some people like to just fix their own vehicles. That is not necessarily as simple and easy if you go the electric route. One, yeah, but you don't have, you to, have to fix to... anything. Yeah, there's nothing to fix. You're not going to do an overchange. You're not going to, what are you going to do? Change your brake pads? Maybe once every 10 if years? If something breaks. Yeah. <laughs> if something breaks, it happens, right? It's a car. You're out on the road. Sure. It's got wear and tear. It's got things that can break down. Let's say you want to drive it 150,000 miles and you want to fix a lot of the things on the cars. You just might not have the knowledge and ability to do that. You might need the manufacturer service to actually get some mm-hmm. stuff completed. Or like you got to buy certain parts from the OEM and you can't but just go down doing... to Joe, Show, Joe Schmo's garage shop and buy parts <laughs> at, at your normal car shop, right? Like you can't do that. True. Yeah. So, But you also have to deal with any of those issues maybe 20% of the time. Yeah. Sure. yeah. If you're like unlucky. If you're unlucky, like the yeah, yeah. then you might deal with 20% of the mm-hmm. issues. If you're a normal owner, you probably deal with 10% of the issues. Yeah. Not to mention most electric vehicle manufacturers have incredible warranties on their products. Like if you want to drive it 150,000 miles, the stuff that in my experience, yeah, is covered for that length of time. In most cases, yeah. I can't speak for like the Ford because there's probably a little bit different being that it's like the uh, major manufacturer. I just manufacturer. did a whole work study on them actually. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yours is good too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. And most, because I actually think it's a legal requirement uh, that you maintain an eight year battery warranty mm-hmm. on the battery itself because it's such a large yeah. percentage of the cost of the car. Yeah. That's what Rivian's is as well. It's an eight year. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're expecting these vehicles to last this long and they're going to cover it and you're going to be protected for, for a sure. lot longer than you would in like your Toyotas or your Fords that aren't electric. Yeah, you get a four you got the five year. Yeah. If you're yeah, like that's a good warranty on a basic vehicle. Four year 50 is pretty standard for most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I know we're uh, we're coming up on the hour mark, so I want to uh, I want to close this out. But I got one more thing for us kind of off the cuff because I'm curious and uh a little bit of a, a, a unique situation on the topic of cars, since we've been talking about cars all day. We're going to go uh, round robin just on my screen. So, Devin, you're going to go first, Alex second, Gibby third, and then I'll go last. Um, would love to hear you guys choose one. You only get one selection. 
if you could only have one car for the rest of your life and it had to be your daily driver, it had to be you taking your friends and having your kids in the car and your dog situation and your road trip and out and camping, like it's the only car that you can have for the rest of your life. We can't, if somebody takes your car, you can't choose it. You've got to choose something else. We only get one selection. Devin, you get the first choice. What's uh, what's your go-to? What's your go-to vehicle? Rest of your life. Man, um, I feel on the spot right now. Um, <laughs> is it so, so? Just a couple clarifiers. Is it something that has to be like out right now? Can it be something custom, to, or is it just like? Can be whatever anything? you want it to be. If it's a car that's on the road that you can drive, that's all the only parameters I'm setting. Okay. Um, I think the, well, I'll say I have a family, growing family. I need space. I need certain things like that. The first thing that comes to mind that, that I can think of is the new Toyota Sequoia that's mm-hmm. going to be coming Perfect. out. Yeah. I think those look super cool. They're roomy. They can get, you know, you, they can get you from A to B and we do a lot of camping and getting off road and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that right now um, would be like kind of tick all the boxes. So I think that's, that's what I'd go with. Love it. Um, all right. Toyota Sequoia off the list. Alex, what, uh, what's your go-to vehicle? Only Tycan one you can have. Cross Turismo 4S. Tycan what? Cross Turismo 4S. <laughs> that's it. That's the okay. one. Why? What's your reasoning behind that? Uh, I'm obsessed with Porsche as a brand. I love how their vehicles drive. I love how their vehicles look. I love the heritage behind their cars, everything about them. I'm obsessed with electric cars. I don't think I could daily drive anything that wasn't an electric vehicle. I need something that has decent capacity if I am going to have it be my only vehicle ever. So the Cross Turismo is a hatchbacky, has a little bit more space than the rest of them. Uh, I also would need a vehicle that could do some light camping, I would call it. And the Cross Turismo can do that. And you can even mount a rooftop tent on the top of it. Uh, has good storage. It's fast. Seats five, five people fine. Those are all, yeah, all my reasons. Bang and a loose right. sound system. Olsen, whatever. <laughs> Going all out. Sounds good. You, uh, you, you, bring in the, you bring in the kids and the dogs and the Tycon? Uh, uh, no kids, dog, yes. <laughs> got it. Sounds good. All right. Well, we've got a to- Toyota Sequoia and a Tycon off the list. Give you have a feeling you're going to choose either of those. What's, uh, what's your selection? No. Um, so I love, I love my Rivians. I love them a lot. But I actually currently would go with the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Uh, it's an incredible vehicle. I had the pleasure of sitting in one at the LA Auto Show last year. And my God. Did Jeep do it right, dude? They just did it right. Sweet in that car. It is incredible. Um, They are gorgeous. Yeah, I was blown away. The quality of those vehicles are—they're—it's insane for the cost. Um, Aside from that, I mean, it's—it's—it's comfortable. Got to drive in one. Um, I just a road shotgun. Um, Yeah, they're great. Great little trucks. Uh, I mean SUVs, sorry, but <laughs> either way, they look great, very stylish, super comfortable, tons of room, tons of storage capacity, would work great for camping. I mean, it's a Jeep. Uh, I love being outdoors. The only thing that I would be a little concerned about is, you know, when I when I go hunting, get some, <laughs> getting stuff all over the back end of it, but um, we'll figure it out. It comes with being out in the wilderness and enjoying life, man. Just throw a roof exactly, rack on dude. top. You'll be, you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Strap it to the front. <laughs> Actually, can I change my answer? I just thought of Oh, it. it's too late. I, you I already just, locked it in. Oh, you oh, locked, locked in. in. Can we get if some you didn't choose already, I maybe would have let can you Can we get some honorable mentions at the end? Just so yeah, like we'll get some honorable mentions. mentions. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yours, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so here's the situation. Super practical, and conceptually, I wish that there was an electric vehicle version of this car because I would buy it on the spot. But if there was a Toyota 4Runner TRD, and it had the capability of fully being fully electric with 250 miles of range, decent power, and didn't have any problems getting out on yeah, out into the wilderness, and I know that Rivian's got an R1S coming out. I was going to really say, dude. Other, like, okay, yeah, for sure. 
right? It's like, it's out, but I haven't actually driven it, so I can't talk about it, right? Like, if I'm in it and I get the chance to experience it, that'll be a different story. You've but been in my I, truck. It's the same thing, dude. Exact same not, thing. It's not the same. It identical. The exact, it's, it's identical. Yeah, it's identical. Until you've been in it and I've driven it, I can't say that. So I've been in both and driven both. They're the same. Fair. Well, <laughs> as of today, I would actually buy the Toyota over that because I know the longevity of the company. I understand the service model. I understand the product that I'm buying is going to last me 300,000 miles because it's it's happened already millions of times. So I would go with a Toyota RAV4, or not a RAV4, a 4Runner, TRD. And if they had an electric version of it, great. I will change my answer when and if I ever get to drive an R1S, but for now it's going to be a 4Runner. So Have you ever you tried not the Do you fair. not like the Toyota BZ electric? Uh, no. So that the Sequoia I'm talking about, the the I think it's the 2023 model. It they took a lot of design inspiration, I think, from the Forerunner. So it's a little yeah. bit bigger. Looks very close to the Forerunner, and that's a little you know, bit bigger. It's a lot of bit bigger. It's the a Sequoia lot bigger. is massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not quite that the Land Cruiser, which, but but you know, it's it's pretty darn close, and that's because I love the look of the four of the Forerunners. So the 2023 does look the, angry. It looks the, sweet. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I haven't seen it yet. This is the first time I'm looking at it. Uh, also, Boo Boo, thoughts on the Blazer? <coughs> on what? The Blazer EV. Um, I don't know much about it. I don't know Dude. much about it. But also, it's a Chevy. I would buy a Toyota over a Chevy, even though I drive the, a Chevy right now. So I'm not really comment looks, on it too much. Gets 320 mile range. I don't know interior much about looks it. Sweet SS model does zero to sixty in four point four seconds. It's pretty baller. I'm you a big ta- fan of that. Have you that's, seen that's the Silverado nice. too? The Silverado looks sweet too. If you're are these uh, are these honorable mentions mm-hmm. or are these just mentions? I think these are honorable mentions. These are honorable mentions for sure. So I don't like that Blazer EV front. I don't know why. So it kind of like looks it. like the Mach E, like the Mustang, a little to bit, me, but it's a bit, and it just looks. Eh, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the front of that Blazer. Well, honest. the thing, the car that I was thinking about maybe changing my answer to. Uh, shockingly mm. enough, I hate that I'm going to say this brand, but uh, uh, the Tesla Plaid I rode yeah. the other day, and yeah, that blew my mind. Oh man. Yeah. Those steering um, wheels, dude. No, I want a Tesla Plaid with a regular steering wheel, not yoke, to be clear. Okay, really? good. Those <laughs> things are so dumb. They're it's so garbage. dumb, dude. It's garbage. It's not a real yoke. It doesn't have a progressive steering ratio. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're like driving a, driving a, like a plane or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a car. Let's make a steering wheel. It's not a race car. It's a race horrible. It is, it is not, a race nope, car, though. Come nope. on. Now. It is a fancy sedan not. hatchback. Yes. Guy. It is not a race car. It is not a race car. Listen, you, a lot of races. You also yeah. have argued to me that you can go racing in a fucking SUV in like the Lamborghini Urus or whatever you the hell can. they call it. You can. You 100% speaking can. Of, speaking of race cars and honorable mentions, I want to throw mine out there. Yeah. Um, Audi RS6 Avant. Oh, Those things God, are yes. gorgeous, dude. So and beautiful. If it, if it, you know, the the one thing is, it I can't, you know, I'm not taking that thing off road. <laughs> so, so that's where the, you know, that's why. But man, that that car is mm-hmm. they're insane. Oh. I will say one other thing. Like, I love the Grand Wagoneer. It's it's amazing. But if I was to choose like a vehicle that I w- I'd probably actually be able to afford. I'd probably go with like a Chevy Silverado LT. Nothing too crazy, just something that can get me four by four. Can get a little bit dirty, kick some mud up on the tires. It's real simple to work on. I could do things myself if I needed to. Um, so you know, I gotta ask you, but why you? Why do you want this? Because I feel like they're for the most part the same truck. Why would you choose a Silverado over? an F-150 or a Ram 1500? Like, what's your what's yeah. your decision point there? Fantastic question. Um, one, I'll, you'll never catch me in a Ram. That's that's not going to happen. No, thanks. No. Okay. I think no. there's a Ram behind you. Is there not on the thing? On that it's a Bronco. It's a Bronco, that. sir. That's, that's a dangerous <laughs> topic. Um, it looks the same. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> one Ram is a sheep. The Ram. other is a horse. Alex, you're showing uh, your sports knowledge. Four <laughs> Um, I've got a Ram 1500 crew cab mm-hmm. four by four. Nice. It was, I was going between Chevy Ram F one fifties. I just the, <laughs> Dodge Ford 
Chevy. Um, mm-hmm. Affordable, drives great, fits fits the needs. But what I don't I never understood. You know, I never had a huge preference other than like I was looking at what was the most affordable and, and what worked best mm-hmm. for me, and that was what you know that's what I went with. Um, and it's been a great great vehicle. Yeah. So totally based, like it's totally based on personal preference. I feel like between those three different makes and models. Um, but in my experience, Dodge tends to have more issues than not. Um, no problem with the F one fifty. They're great trucks. Same with like the Ranger. Don't hate them at all. They're fantastic. I would totally have one. Totally buy one. But the Silverado. Um, truth be told. They're easier to work on because family members of mine also drive Chevys, so they know how to work on them. So in the event that I couldn't figure something out, real easy for me to go to somebody and just ask. So it's it's more of like a convenience thing, to be completely honest with you. The only one that I'm truly biased against is Ram. You just – it ain't happening, dude. <laughs> it's just not happening, bro. It ain't me, man. I get it, though. It ain't me. I'll be, I'll be driving. You'll be, you'll be on the side of the road with your, with your family and <laughs> yes. friends helping you work on it, and I'll be hey, man. waving at you. So. Sure. It is what it is. Sure, but, dude. Uh, when, you're, when your truck's in the shop six times a year also, in the next, like, two. Like, interesting fact. <laughs> um, interesting fact that I – you – probably need to fact check me on because <laughs> i don't know if, how factual this fact is. interesting but, fact uh, that i don't know is an actual fact I, I i just saw a study that the number one most stolen vehicle in the u.s is a chevy silverado mm-hmm. interesting it's because they it are be a, i think hondas as a whole are the are, you know but i think the chevy silverado it could have just been arizona too. so i did just fact check you are you sure you want to go with that? <laughs> oh, wait, can I? I think Arizona. it's a Camry or a Civic, isn't it? So well, number yeah. one is the Ford pickup. All it says is Ford pickup. <laughs> number two is the Chevy pickup. Okay. Number three so, is a Honda Civic, and number four is an Accord. Uh, hey, pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, you're only four thousand off. Four thousand vehicles stolen off. That's not bad. That's a lot. All right. Well, I think uh, that puts us at the hour 10 mark. I uh, feel like that's a, a pretty good place to stop. But we got uh, Devin driving the Toyota Sequoia, Alex driving the Taycan, Gibby driving the Jeep Grand Wagoneer. I'm rocking the 4Runner TRD. We had some honorable mentions, Tesla Plaid, Audi RS6, Chevy Silverado. Any uh, closing statements? Any last uh, things that you guys learned throughout the uh, throughout the session today? Yes. Um Number one in Arizona. So national average. Arizona, it's the Chevy pickup is number one. So I knew I was getting it from somewhere. I knew I was getting it from somewhere. But That's awesome. I just want to thank you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, had some – my daughters here. We had some uh, – you know, so jumping in and out. So – apologize for that but no problem man. Pleasure. we're in a work from I'm home excited. world these days man yeah. we've got kids in the background we've got dogs in the background we're just here having a good time so again the gentleman's agreement thank you thank you gentlemen for uh joining us having some shenanigans conversations uh go match for Stappen, and uh, yes, we will sir. see you <laughs> next sunday yep. later Take boys later boys